Really? We're going to talk about a fucking egg? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the hour where there's nothing left to prove. Experimental egg of It's a perfect world being burned. This is the maniacal hour. Pure 100% underground. Powered by the emotion of self-passion. This is how we get down. It's the rain all about Saturday, November 27th, 2021, and you're tuned into The Blow-Off, presented by AtmarkMedia.com, powered by the Hameen Media Group at ChannelAttitude.com. On this week's show, we're talking Punk versus MJF, WWE Japan, Candice and Johnny, Seth and Chavo, and a fucking egg? But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the show online at markmedia.com, theblowoffpod.com. My name is Dr. Jargo, PhD, and I am joined by the GAG from the PWC. He's the COVID kid. He's my man, Jimmy T. Welcome back to your show. Thank you. But you know what I'm impressed about, Jargo? What's that? The fact that you screamed out my name at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get into who's screaming whose names at what time of the day, Jimmy T. I haven't had enough sake in me at this point in order to get into all that. But it has been an incredibly boring week inside of the world of professional wrestling. And, Jimmy, I feel like that's the place to start off because we have Punk versus MJF, and we'll put that off on the corner, right? What else has happened inside of the world of professional wrestling this week? Because it seems like this has been a really slow week out of Vince McMahon and the Golden Egg. <laughs> it sure has. But one thing that has happened this week, though, is that fan that attacked Seth Rollins. And mind you, that was a decent spear. Yeah, we will talk a little bit about Seth and Chavito and what really happened at Monday Night Raw, because I do have the full story and it is incredibly disturbing and it actually ties into something we were talking about last week. It's called over-obsessed fans. But we have to start with Punk and MJF because I feel like Punk versus MJF, this is the program that we've all been waiting for. I guess. Um, it's the program that we've all been waiting for on the microphone. Um, I'm not sure really what's going to happen once the bell rings, but initial thoughts, Jimmy, there are people that love this and think it was the greatest thing in professional wrestling in the last 20 years. And then there's people that absolutely hated this with the fury of a thousand sons. And there's only one reason I can come up with as to why, which side are you on? I'm definitely on the side of it was great. I won't say the best thing in 20 years. I mean, come on. But it was great. It was What very was better? Good. What was better than this segment? Because I think this was damn close to a perfect pro wrestling segment. It was. No, it really was. What was better? I mean, geez, I've got to think now. But uh, You got to go to like Rock and Cena? 
Like maybe you could make that case. I was actually going to go back to The Rock and Hogan even in 2002 in Montreal after WrestleMania, the night after that is, or the, or the week before. It was one or the other. I'm pretty sure it was the night after though. That was one of my favorite ones, but yeah. I mean, this was good. I don't know if I would call it even like the best punk moment of the last 20 years. I mean, there was him signing his contract on the Ring of Honor title. That was pretty cool. There was, you know, the whole pipe bomb. That was pretty cool. There was Money in the Bank 2011 in Chicago. That was pretty cool. I mean, this is certainly up there. I just think the, the, the bar is so low at this point for pro wrestling fans that they actually see something good and they're just like, holy shit. <laughs> well, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio thinks it's the best thing in wrestling in the last 20 years. But I will say it is the best promo in AEW's history, bar none. Easy. I'm not even sure it was better than Punk and Kingston. Oh, come I on. I mean, because that was really good too. That was great. No, that was good, but... And it felt more real. Like, this felt more rehearsed, whereas that felt more authentic and real to me. I'll give you that. It did feel more authentic. I'm talking about the Kingston promo. This one still felt, I wouldn't say rehearsed, because I felt like they went kind of off the cuff. You know what I mean? Because just the way Punk would reply to some of his comments, it was a bit, you know? Yeah, but but then you also had comments like, I thought MJF stood for my jealous fan. See that no, that's it, a good example. That, <laughs> that went that over like a fart in church because no, it was, was so scripted, it was so planned, it just it didn't work. Yeah, no, that was that was <laughs> that made me cringe. I won't lie. I was like, oh, really? You and especially I mean? with that being the beginning of the punk part of the promo, it was like, oh god, MJF is <laughs> yeah. gonna bury this fool. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, uh, I'm I'm waiting for the fiends to start chanting, you ain't got it. Oh he's because lucky though. Oh, he recovered very well. He recovered, but, right. man, when that was the opening line, it was just like, oh, no. This yeah, is not no. going to be good. Oh, I agree, man. I was cringing big time. But like I said, I still strongly believe this was the best promo in AEW history. Sure, the Kingston one was good, but it's just the what this meant for the company and for for them for both of them. Well, I mean, was this just, is the one everybody had circled, right? Like, and, we right. want Punk versus MJF. We want to see these two guys go at it on the microphone. And they did not disappoint, especially being chapter one. Oh, yeah, oh, well, chapter two. But I called oh, it, Jack. Yeah. I, te- I technically called it on the blow-off. I said, I want to see Punk go into a thing. That's what I felt. If we're going to go into a program, I did mention that MJF would be his first proper program, even though Kingston... I guess was his first, but but that only lasted for two weeks. This one, they're going to be building up very nicely, I think. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the biggest problems that I have inside of the world of AEW right now is when is X going to happen? Good question. We have, I would... we have winter is coming. We have New Year's Smash. We have Battle of the Belts. We have the first Dynamite on TBS. We've got Revolution. We've got, like, they're all over the place. Like, can we just establish when is Punk versus MJF going to happen? When is Hangman versus Danielson going to happen? Like, can we start laying out when these matches are going to happen so I can actually get excited by them? Because right now you're advertising 15 goddamn shows, and I don't know what's (laughs) happening on any of them. Is the Battle of the Belts a dynamite, essentially? I think it's what it is. It's a clash of champions. Once oh, they move show. 
Once they right. move over to TBS, they are going to be doing quarterly specials on TNT. Sounds an awful lot like Clash of the Champions to me, no, like what it, Clash was originally. <laughs> right. So that's what Battle of the Belts is going to be. And on TBS, no less, as well. On so TNT. I mean, oh, no. so that's on TNT. That's oh, on right, TNT okay. is my understanding. Like that's one of their quarterly TNT specials now. And I wonder oh, if Winter is Coming is going to be one of those, too. The way that they kind of build up like that. Indiv- I thought that was a Sting thing. I didn't realize this was going to be like an annual event. Right. I thought it was a Sting thing, too. But I guess we're wrong. I guess it is an annual event. But as far as the Clash of Champions, Battle for the Belts, whatever it's called, I, w- I would have Hangman against Brian there, in my opinion. Because if it's a Battle of the Belts, if it's going to be the world title on the line, then who's going to be facing Hangman? Is it someone like Miro? Or they have another frigging tournament? Or or is it going to be whoever the AAA champion is? Ugh, like, I hope not. Is this going to become AEW Survivor Series where it's like, <laughs> it's going to be the TNT champion versus oh, the world no. champion. It's going to be the AEW hoes <laughs> champion versus the AEW women's champion. <sighs> it's going to be the AAA tag team champions for... Like, I don't want none of that shit because there's Why'd no you stakes and nobody cares. You just ruined it. It will be Survivor Series. AEW uh, Survivor Series, no less. Yeah, 100%. You just called it, dude. Nobody wants that. No, nobody but that's what that. it looks like it's going to be. I mean, shit. Definitely. But as far as back to the punk, well, look, Brian Danielson and Hangman Page, need that needs to happen there. If they have another title match, it just it won't mean as much. Okay, with both of these matches, I feel like this all kind of correlates together. Revolution is in February, right? What right. is the main event of AEW Revolution 2022? And then work backwards from there. Like, is it MJF versus Hangman? Is it Danielson versus Hangman in either match two or three? Like, what is the main event of Revolution? What do you want to see the main event of Revolution be? Because that, be that completely changes all of these right. equations. Well, say the Danielson-Hangman match happens at Battle for the Belts, then I would put CM Punk against MJF at Revolution as the main event. Why not? Or would you do MJF versus Hangman Page at Revolution for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship? Like, is the Punk program the de facto number one contendership program for whatever is going to happen at revolution or are we going to drag out danielson through revolution that's what i'm very very unclear on at this point if anything is going to drag out it would have to be the punk mjf feud but i do think de facto whoever wins mjf and against cm punk surely would be number one contender because whoever wins that match you'd think you'd be climbing the ladder pretty high up and so Punk's say, still yeah. undefeated at this point. Right. So if he beats MJF, like clearly he should be in line for a title shot at this point. He should be. And even if he does beat MJF, even though I think MJ, it'd make a statement if MJF goes over in that match, in my opinion. But yeah, I, I don't think even if Punk does win and he is number one contender, I should don't think he'll win the title though. I don't think either one of these guys is taking the title from Hangman Page. I just... That's not the way AEW has booked their champions. Right. But when I look at MJF and Punk, I also don't know what's the finish of that feud. 
And I mean, unless it's for number one contendership to Hangman Page, I don't know how you book the finish there. Like, I feel like MJF has to go over Punk. Like, this is the first loss in AEW for Punk. So now the question becomes, is this a a single one-off match? Is this a best of three? Is this a best of five? Like, they have enough big shows coming. This could be a five-match series if they play their cards right. And I'm all for it. I'd love to see a proper build, like a real build, hopefully like we're getting right now, and stretch it out because it's got potential to be like a blood feud, man, in many ways. You know what I'm saying? Where, you know, the blow-off would be in a cage or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Surely we're going to get that type of blow-off. This ain't going to be a one-and-done. No chance. I I agree. I don't think this is going to be one and done, but I'm not really sure what the end game is either. And I guess that's at least interesting, right? Right, Which is a whole lot more than anything going on in the world of professional wrestling anywhere else. I mean, New Japan is balls deep and not one, but two tournaments (laughs) at the same time. WWE is coming out of their brand versus brand crap. NXT 2.0, well, is NXT 2.0. And on the WWE main roster, they're chasing around the golden egg. So I had to go behind the scenes to actually find anything else (laughs) interesting inside of the world of professional wrestling to talk about this week. Found it, Jimmy. Did you hear the big WWE news coming out of the country of Japan this week? Yes, I actually have. (laughs) Because I've done a show earlier. I've done the the extra show, the PWC extra show. And I did cover that actually on there and I have heard, and I'm glad it's happened. This is, I think really big news that not a whole lot of people are talking about. The WWE has lost their contract with J sports as of December 31st, 2021. This means they will no longer have raw or (laughs) SmackDown broadcast live or on delay inside of japan is it tv acai that holds that does the like a one hour recap show of like this week in wwe and that's it that's all that is going to be available inside of japan jimmy i felt like even going back to the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast before rick and i rebooted it we were talking about NXT Japan and why it wasn't going to work. All they were going to do was piss off the Japanese pro wrestling fans because that's not the way Japanese culture works. You can't just come in and buy pro wrestling. Noah, you can't come in and buy stardom. You can't come in and buy dragon gate and just kind of force your sports entertainment bullshit onto a culture. The Japanese people aren't having it. And I feel like now, as everything just keeps kind of going downhill for WWE, they've even lost their TV contract in Japan. This does not vote well for the renegotiations with NBC Universal and Fox, which really are not that far away at this point. No, you're right. And you know what? They had it coming, man. <laughs> I really do. I know it's only a contract ending, and who knows? Maybe they'll find another network for we know, right? Maybe we're speculating a bit too, too much. I could see Asai like picking this thing up. That would not surprise me at all. But at the end of the day, do does the Japanese fans even really care about WWE? Yeah, I mean they turn up to their live events. I mean they do, right? But I don't think they care. I mean I don't know what the ratings are over there. 
I don't know how good they've done, but it's a big deal, man. It's a big loss too. And I don't know what went wrong in negotiations, if there was a renegotiation sort of meeting. But if there was, maybe they were asking for too much. Because this has happened in the past here in Australia too, man. I'm talking about 15 years ago where right. they're, they're renegotiating the contracts. WB wanted too much money. And Foxtel, which is the, the provider down here that I've got, they said, nah, stuff that, which is owned by Fox, by the way. They said, no, nah, we're, not, we're not doing it. We don't want it. And it was a stalemate. And then WB gave in and gave it gave it back to them for what they wanted. But Jimmy, <clears throat> are, did you miss the quotes from Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon this past week about how great the WWE is? I mean, the, the, this came out, where was it? Oh, this was from the uh, NBC upfront as they're yeah. trying to pitch the WWE to advertisers. Now, if you are an advertiser who has never watched a day of professional wrestling in your life, this might sound really good yeah, as a professional I mean, yeah. wrestling fan who has followed the company for 30 years. This is the biggest line of bullshit I think I've ever heard. Are you ready for this? Jimmy T please. We Tell have me. a massive reach and broad distribution available in over 900 million homes, 180 countries, 28 languages, and in non-pandemic area, over 500 live events per year, Stephanie McMahon touted. That gives us the opportunity to engage with your brand globally, nationally, or locally. Nine out of the top 15 most followed female athletes in the world across social media platforms our WWE superstars were the number one most followed sports brand on TikTok, and we are the number one sports channel on YouTube and the sixth most viewed channel on YouTube all around the world. <laughs> okay, that's all true, but it also doesn't make you a goddamn dime and nobody freaking cares, especially potential advertisers who aren't advertising on your fucking TikTok. <laughs> And then she I... just downright lies. Oh, she, she's a this compulsive <laughs> This is awful. All right. Yeah, no, agreed. We have a young, diverse fan base. Over 75% of our fans are in that <laughs> sweet spot of 18 to 49. Well, excuse the me. The median age of a wwe <laughs> viewer is 52 years old and this is yeah. well documented <laughs> it is this is a downright fucking lie that's a wow. downright fucking lie 40 percent of our audience is women and we over index oh. with both african-american and hispanic audiences that's right you're a goddamn demographic people of color other than that we don't <laughs> give a shit about you kind of like brock lesnar with your kids um oh. <laughs> that last part had me infuriated when I read it because it's bullshit. And That's I know straight it's up bullshit. bullshit. Straight up bullshit. Straight up. But if you are an advertiser who doesn't know any better and has never watched professional wrestling and you're just meeting this nice young woman, Stephanie McMahon, you would buy all this crap. And that's what that got them billion dollar TV deals as their ratings are circling the toilet. 
Um, Jimmy T, I have a feeling this is not going to be the only TV contract that they lose over the course of the next two to three years. And once I've been saying for years, Uh once those TV deals come up, them chickens are coming home to roost. Shit, man. I mean, what would happen if they lost those TV deals? I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll get picked up by someone else, but for how much? See, but this is the thing. Okay. When I started having these conversations, I'm getting worked up now. About time for another (laughs) shot of Grey Goose. All right. So when we started having these conversations, right? Right. The the thing is, what happens when these TV deals are up? Because you look at every measurable fan interest metric, whether it be merchandise sales, whether it be television ratings, whether it be live attendance, every measurable metric is down yet WWE is making the most money that they ever have because over 70% of their revenue is coming from the TV contracts from Fox and NBC universal. Once those deals come up, if they both say, Nope, not interested. Then what? (laughs) Then what? Spike TV. Here we come again. (laughs) And, and, And the fans say, Oh, well they could just, they'll just put it on the network. That's great. But how does it make up that revenue? You still get to watch your shitty pro wrestling show. That part's all great. <laughs> how does the company make up 70% of their revenue when they couldn't get you to subscribe to the network to begin with? Well, you know what, Jugger? This makes me think even more. Maybe they are trying to sell after all. I mean, seriously, maybe they see the writing on the wall. Nick Khan, that's what he yep. does. That's literally that's right. that's his job. Does. Literally. And I've heard rumors. Companies ready to sell right. and he moves them. That's literally what Nick Khan is known for inside of the TV industry. It's got to be, dude. There's no other way. But it's true. What you just said about Nick Khan is fact. That's what he does. They even asked him the question, is WWE looking to sell? And, and they're like, oh, oh we're, we're not looking to, to sell. But, right. you know, if somebody calls <laughs> with an offer, we talk to them. Yeah, that's interesting, dude. I mean, what? Well, it's got to be the only way. I mean, look at the, look at their programming, dude. It, it sucks. They're making the most money. Their shares are still pretty high. I believe it's at sixty dollars right now, or something like that, which yeah, is still it, good. But it hit almost a hundred dollars at one right. point. That's the part that people don't talk about, right? Oh well, look, it's doing very well. Yeah, but based off of what? It's like, and it's like their TV ratings. Oh well, they're number one in cable. Yeah, but so, they've lost eighty percent of their audience over the last twenty years. So who gives a shit if they're number one in cable? Oh, but they're they have the most TikTok subscribers. Be yeah, happy be for you. <laughs> now you're right man it, it's got to be the only way uh, it has to be which makes things interesting because i'm hearing even like nbc universal are interested in buying it i mean you know is that a possibility you think even fox apparently interested in buying it and disney as well There's i a few think buyers. fox is, is interested in buying the company as they are telling the company to fuck off on the horse they rode in on <laughs> Uh, Fox is pretty pissed off at the WWE for those of you who are inside of the TV world, me and MSG. Um, we know that because they don't appreciate the WWE advertising NBC on their TV. Yeah, that's true. and that's very much what SmackDown has become. Come watch us over on Peacock. 
Well, so you're using the Fox broadcasting station as an NBC Universal two-hour infomercial. That's pretty much what's... And Fox is paying you a billion dollars for that, by the way. They're not thrilled. And the equation changed when the network went away and things went to Peacock. That's where the equation changed. And nobody ran that by the Fox people, evidently, thinking like the Fox people wouldn't notice that, you know, (laughs) you're advertising Peacock left and right all over their freaking TV. Maybe the Fox the people egg. aren't happy. No, and they're not. And that's true. I've been hearing this for a long time now. But maybe from the me! From you. <laughs> from you. Definitely from you. But it's out there, though, now. But maybe the golden egg, after all, is the WWE. Have you thought of that, Jago? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the golden that's the egg. Millions, the golden egg for the so millions. Coming out of Survivor Series. They actually had a cliffhanger and they put Vince McMahon on television, knowing that everybody would tune in because they wanted to spike a rating. Because for one reason, Vince McMahon draws ratings still. Yeah, weird. It's true. And it was built around the golden egg. Yep. The golden egg. I, that I, I, I don't even know <laughs> what to say about this, Jimmy. I did not watch Survivor Series. I did not watch Monday Night Raw. You know why? Because <laughs> I heard about the golden egg. And I was <laughs> like, I am not duty. I am not watching that. I am not <laughs> fucking watching that. <laughs> well, guess what? Because a lot of, of people be- tuned in to watch that. Their ratings went up. This People tuned in to watch. The- Come on. I didn't what give the- a shit about the golden egg. What is Come wrong on. with you people? Uh, the expectations, we've set the bar down here. That's what's wrong with people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The golden egg. The golden egg. $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just that. He said it's worth millions. And that's all he said. He didn't the say, only, and the millions. <laughs> the only good thing about this was when Roman Reigns came in and he's like, yeah, that's almost as much as you're going to have to pay me when my contract <laughs> comes up. Like, that's the Roman Reigns I wanted to see on Jimmy Fallon. Right? Absolutely. Like, Right. That was that was the best line in WWE TV all week. It was, but you know what made that segment sort of funny and great was the the sort of the meaning of the golden egg. Roman Reigns comes in because he's the go- you know he's the golden goose right now, right? He's the man. Before that, it was the Rock in Vince's eyes, maybe right? Oh yeah, so just fuck of- John Cena, fuck his entire run. Ah, he's making movies. Oh, he's just a white guy. We're all about diversity and equity now. Yeah. Hey, they, I hate to say it, but they are going down that route, right? Jeez. They is really are. So, isn't everything yep. going down that route? Well, that too. But WWE clearly is going down that route. So what do we make of Austin Theory being mm. the golden egg person? Like, that's a good call. What do you make of Austin Theory here? Because they put him in a very prominent spot. He's playing off of Vince. Like, you're taking a selfie with Vince McMahon, which in 2021 is actually a pretty big deal because <laughs> we can only shoot Vince from one angle because Vince is convinced it's his good side. And then as soon as he turns his head, it's like, oh, God, Vince, what happened to you? <laughs> um. 
What do you make of them putting Austin Theory in this position? Is this forecasting big things for Austin Theory? Or is Austin Theory going to hook up with Heath Slater and put together, you know, four-man band? No, don't say that. Well, I don't know what I mean. This feels like the first Drew McIntyre kind of thing. Like, this is where Drew would have been at before 3MB. He was the chosen one. Like, Austin Theory feels like he's kind of, you're the guy. You're the one. Like, Vince is going to share a camera with you. (laughs) The chosen one, literally. That's a big spot. Look, remember when he first came to WWE? He was on the main roster straight off the bat, yeah? Mm -hmm. Straight away. And he seemed to be in a prominent position, I felt. It felt like he was going to get the Randy Orton push. Yeah. No, for real, it did. Next thing you know it, he ended up in NXT. And I didn't think he was really that prominent in anything in NXT. Well, wait, what wasn't there was something in between there? Like it was was Austin Theory part of speaking out? Is that what it was? Was he, he? got he got in trouble for something oh, backstage? Yeah, you're right. And then he got sent back to NXT. I think it was a speaking out, actually. Was yeah. it speaking out? Is that I think it, it, was. it was something like that? I, I don't remember what it was. You're though. right. You're right. I forgot about it at like I forgot about it now, but now that I think back to it. He was lucky not to get fired, man. I remember how people yeah, were saying that. He didn't that. get fired. He just got taken off of TV, sent back to NXT, hooks up with Johnny Gargano, shows his comedy chops for a while, and now he's back. But, I mean, that was like 2018? Yeah. Uh, maybe 2019. 19? Yeah. 2018 is a bit too far. I'm pretty sure in 2018 he was still in Evolve at the time. But – uh. Hey, look, that, look, I don't know what to think because it, it seems like big things, but then you go back and see what happens, what happened with him. I'm not sure, but you think it is. I mean, if the heat's gone enough, and which it has, no one's really mentioning that stuff anymore. So maybe he is the golden goose, shall we say, right now. The chosen one, definitely. And he took a selfie, the only one with Vince. And I bet you he stole the, the damn egg too. Is possibly. he good enough to be in that position? You know what? I liked his Evolve work, man. I, th- I thought his Evolve work was so much better than anything he was doing in WWE. And I thought this kid had something. As far as him being in WWE now, I don't see it yet. But he does have the look that, that Vince might like. You know what I'm saying? So He has we'll the see. look. I just don't know if he has the personality. Um, because even when he was in the way, it was just like, Okay, yeah. your role is to be an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it seemed like that was what his character was supposed to be. And I'm still not sure what Austin Theory is supposed to be on the main roster. Neither am I. What is he? I mean, what the hell? Seriously, what is he? He just, just seems goof. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of like Tony Nese in AEW. You're you're oh. you're you're WWE create a wrestler number four. Like, <laughs> you know. We just gave the guy props, man, and now we're going to say he's a creative wrestler. Well, four. I, I think he's a good worker, like, inside <laughs> oh, the ring. I think he's a fun talent to watch, and I, he clearly has behind-the-scenes chops, but he has no personality. I've never seen – I didn't watch any of his Evolve stuff, like, as right. a predicate. I'm only familiar with the NXT and WWE stuff, and he just seems like a lackey to somebody. Like, there's, there's no personality there. It, it's like he's taking on – the personality of whoever he's hanging out with. Right. Well, he was more serious in Evolve, like I said, right? So I liked him there. I don't know, man. Like the 
time will tell with him. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going to go with him. But, yeah, I think he can have a personality if he's allowed to have a personality. You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure what to think, really, just yet. This is WWE, pal. Nobody gets a personality. Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> Let's talk about his mom and dad. Uh, yeah, Johnny Garcano and Candice LeRae, formerly <laughs> Austin Theory's mom and dad in NXT. Yeah, that's a real segue. You bet. Um, Candice and Johnny, their contracts are coming up, Jimmy. And it seems as though Johnny has signed a one-week extension with NXT. That is the report, and that gets him through war games. This sounds very much like the Adam Cole story where he, he signed an extension to get through TakeOver, and then, poof, he was gone. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. I don't know what to do with Johnny Gargano at this point because it- I do not like Johnny Gargano in AEW. I just I, I don't think it's a good fit. I think SmackDown is the best fit for Johnny Gargano, and people think I'm crazy when I say that, but when I look at all the individual rosters throughout the world right now, I feel like that's the best actual fit. Like go take that Brian Danielson underdog baby face role and just go get your ass kicked on SmackDown every week for 15 minutes and then just <laughs> eke out a few wins and people will get behind Johnny Gargano. Like he could be Daniel Bryan if the company would get behind him like that anywhere else. I feel like he's just mid card fodder. Yeah, no, nah, I was discussing this earlier too. I think um, Gargano, I think he's done everything in NXT. If he's not going up to the main roster, then he needs to leave because there's nothing else for him to do in NXT. I'm just sick to death of him at this point in NXT. As far as AEW goes, though, I agree 100%. He does not suit AEW whatsoever at all. I just think even they've got a, a whole of, roster of Johnny Gargano. Right, there's a lot of goofs already in AEW. Right, we don't need another one. And I'm and I say that in a nice way, right? What I mean by that, how many of these guys play the Johnny Gargano sort of role? Right, practically all of the elite does. And I'm a big fan of the elite. Yeah, Adam Cole pretty much is playing the Gargano role right now too. Like when you think about it, there's too many of them. And you're right. I think Gargano just wouldn't suit AEW. Even Impact, he would feel out of place to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he does come across as a WWE guy right now. I think Japan might work for him. Japan's but not a whole his different kind yeah. of ball of wax, right? I mean, whether, whether you're talking about Strong, whether you're talking about New Japan proper, even Noah, Dragon Gate, like there, there, there are so many different parts to those equations. Like, I feel like anybody can can work inside of a Japanese context, it's do they want to. And of course we know Candace also part of the conversation, very, very pregnant right now. And what I'm guessing is going to happen with Candace is the same thing they did with Jeff Hardy, where as long as you are off television, we're going to add that to the back end of your contract. Candace's right. contract was supposed to be up in May. So, I mean, we may be looking at early 2023 before Candace would even be available to the market. At that time, she's like 37, pushing 38. Is this the end of Candace LeRae? And I hate to say that because Candace LeRae is my favorite wrestler and she should be yours too. (laughs) Yeah, she's up there. But yeah, I think this is the end, dude. 
I really do believe that. And that sucks. It sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, she comes across as the type that wants to be a mother right now. You know what I mean? And like you said, she's 37, 38. She's like 36 now by the time the contract. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I just don't see it, man. I I don't see it. Unless, Unless Johnny stays in WWE and... I don't know, but yeah, I, I I think she's done, man. Candace, I see a bigger future for in AEW if she decides to do it than Johnny Gargano. And I've always been higher on Candace as a talent than I have Johnny, but right. I mean, really, Johnny Gargano, I don't know if you, I've seen interviews with him, right? He's kind of boring when he's himself, man. He's Johnny Gargano. Right. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, there's not a weird. whole lot of gimmick there. No, but at least he's more interesting, you know, while playing the wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can talk because he's a good talker. But just him as a personally, like as a person, he just comes across as very bland. He's just a dweeb from Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, true. He is. He's a dweeb. He's literally a dweeb. Let's be honest. He is he's, literally he's like, a dweeb. Like this tall? I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> He'd be a big guy in AEW. <laughs> he would. I mean, they might as well start a cruiserweight division over there if they do get more guys like that. I mean, seriously. they cannot start a cruiserweight division. That's the, literally the entire heavyweight division over there. They need a featherweight division. That's what they need. Uh, a featherweight division. That's funny, man. Hashtag well, no more belts. No, yeah, that's true too. No more belts, please. Especially that TBS belt looks like a male belt. I reckon that TBS the TBS, title. The TBS oh, sorry, the hose title. I, the hose title, title. I bet will get more over than AEW Women's Championship, I think. And Jade Cargill is bigger than half the men on the roster. And that's true, too. That's that's facts. Her abs are bigger than friggin' half the guys in AEW. Let's be honest. <laughs> Man. Yeah, Let's talk true. about Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins got his ass kicked by a fan. <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's really the story. <laughs> And oh, I, I don't mean man. to laugh because I, I don't fault Seth for this. Some dude comes running at you out of the middle of nowhere when you're not expecting them. It's pretty easy to tackle somebody. And I, I thought Seth handled it pretty well. But th- there's a couple of parts to this story that really pissed me off, Jim. <laughs> I, I know what you're going to say. and It's pretty crazy. Well, number one, there's the whole catfishing thing, which we'll get to in a second. But people are mad at seth rollins for this what really and i yeah this needs to be addressed wow they're mad at seth rollins because of the language that he used as as he yelled at this fan oh get the you motherfucker how dare you fucking jump me from behind you motherfucker and people are mad at seth rollins for this because wow he could have used more more sensitive language there. Oh, come on, man. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He called the dude a motherfucker, and so we're mad at Seth. R- Never mind the fact that this crazy fucking dude, and this dude is crazy, jumps out of the stands, charges Seth Rollins, and tackles him like he's a small child. <laughs> 
I know it was, I hate to say it, but it was a good tackle, man. I mean, come on. He is lucky that Seth Rollins didn't fucking curb stomp his ass. If this would have been 20 years ago, and this is what Chavo was saying, right? right if this right. was my era, everybody would have kicked this dude's ass. It's facts, and man. That's the way it used to be, where if you would jump in the ring, like both competitors would just stop what they were doing and beat the shit out of you. Suddenly it was a handicap match. The <laughs> yeah. two guys in the match versus you. The world has changed a little bit. This is where security jumps in, whether it be from the Barclays Center, whether it be WWE security. Seth just tried to help this dude, like, hold him down. Until right, security right. got there. That's basically what he did. And then he chews the dude out. And we're mad at Seth Rollins? Really? That's where we're at as a culture right now. We're mad at Seth Rollins because he called the crazy dude that jumped out of the stands and speared him a, quote, motherfucker. <laughs> that's, oh. what we're, that's the part we're upset about? It's really? Sad. I know it's 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 unbelievable. I haven't seen that online so far. Thank God I haven't. But that is totally sad. We've hit a new low, Jago. This planet is just gone to shit. Now, when I made the comment on the show last week, and we got shit for this, just shut up and enjoy the show. These are the people I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't jump the barricade and try to attack the talent. Just shut up and enjoy the show. Not for the mention. love of fucking Christ. Quit obsessing over everything into every little obscure, minute detail. Every little catfisher on Instagram with the name of Colby <laughs> Lopez. Like, just shut up and enjoy the show. Just just stop. You know what gets me, though, Jago? It's where he came from. How did he go from the stands to the stage... Where was and, security? And, I mean, right, that's the that's real issue here. How did he blaze through through from the side into this onto the stage and lined up Seth perfectly with a tackle? I mean, well, the thing I thought was funny was you know Chavo like, well, in my day, yeah. we would have kicked the shit out of him. And yeah, it's like, but, yeah, but if you go back to like, you know, Hector Guerrero, Hector would be saying, well, in my day, that dude had <laughs> a knife and yeah. that's why we would kick the shit out of him. Absolutely. It's not, it, it's not that way anymore. This is on security. Yeah, absolutely. And you know why it's not like that? Because of lawsuits, man. Yes. The thing is, that's what would happen if he kicked the shit out of him. I guarantee you if the kid's smart enough, whatever, if he's a kid or he's probably not a kid. They would sue, or his family would sue. Something like that would happen. He would not win. He you would not think so? No. Not if when so, you get into got the, hurt, though. When you get into this full story, this kid needs to be institutionalized. Yeah, no, that's definitely, that's definitely. what needs to happen. So the whole story here, before people get all like freaked out about Seth Rollins, evidently this guy got catfished on Instagram from somebody claiming to be Seth Rollins. And this dude sent this person thousands of dollars for this person portraying himself to be Seth Rollins on Instagram. Then the dude ghosts him. And that's why he was mad at Seth Rollins. That's why he jumped the barricade. That's why he attacked Seth Rollins. This dude is sick. 
Like this dude has a real problem. And Seth Rollins just happened to be the person that it got taken on. When, when Seth is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This dude could have sat down and had a really long conversation with Seth Rollins explaining what the fuck is wrong with him. Um, this was a really, really scary situation. This this is kind of like that Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, in where the, the fucking crazed fan like breaks into their fucking house and shit. These are the kind of people that need to just sit down, shut the fuck up and watch the show. Like, uh, this yeah. is some scary shit. Absolutely scary. And what, what drives me nuts, there's more of these people sort of popping up suddenly, man. And but you get this. I don't know if you've heard this, Jugger. There's more to the story. Oh, he, my God. There's yeah. more. He came out and said some more things. Get this, all right? Guess who he said set him up to do this to Seth Rollins? Have you heard about this? Oh, my God. Um. <clears throat> okay. Let me get together a, a top three list of right. who put him up to attack <laughs> Seth Rollins. It's it's people from the WWE though. Keep this okay, in mind. Okay, right? okay, okay. Um, number one, <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> nah, no, it, it was not Becky, Becky Lynch. It was nah, not nah, Becky nah. Lynch. I'll okay. give you a clue. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no. Um, number two, number two, it was Austin Theory. <laughs> that's a good theory but but not quite no okay um option number three and this is the one i'm gonna stick with <laughs> it was rikishi and he did it for the rock <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was that would have been great but no it was actually vkm himself vincent kennedy mcmahon and vince mcmahon paid this dude wait 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 it gets be- it gets better Oh my god. Well, it gets better, but sort of shocking in one way. Goldberg. <laughs> Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> it was Goldberg and Vinnie Mac that that put him up to it, man. That's what he came out and said. Can you believe that shit? That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, and I want to say I mean that's I better than Rikishi crazy. doing it for the rock. <laughs> Do you think? I think Rikishi doing it for the rock would have been better though. Come on. I you know, for I off. really feel like this whole, like the whole fucking egg thing. You know what that was uh, all set up for? What do it you was, think? It was all set up so that the WWE could send out a tweet that said it was Austin all along. <laughs> the Easter eggs that we're doing like, right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that, funny, but... that was literally the entire purpose <laughs> of Survivor Series and the Raw oh. after Survivor Series. Was WWE being able to send out a tweet? It was Austin all along. <laughs> of, it was I know our younger Austin. fans right now are like, what the hell are these two guys talking about? Like, oh, that's funny, man. And hey, it's a conclu- It's actually continues from that old storyline back in the day, right? So instead of, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Nope. Well, it was Austin all it along. It was Austin dude. all along. <laughs> that's great. That was That's the payoff. Awesome. <laughs> yep. It wouldn't surprise me, man, in, in many ways. But yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. But there's one other thing about uh, I forgot his name. They said his name, but I forgot what his name was. He also claims he got paid. Can you believe that? So this is all kayfabe. It's all storyline. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, but we, to give him some sort of uh, credit here, right? He did come from the stage. Who knows? 
<laughs> I just don't know what the solution to this is. If there's a way to track down these people that are posing as Seth Rollins, if they're these people that are posing as Vince McMahon, as Bill Goldberg, and and fucking with these kind of people, because I, I have no tolerance for that shit. No, and, and that that to me is the really really sad part of this story this kid needs help and hopefully he'll he'll finally get it now unfortunately seth Rollins got his ass kicked by a fan <laughs> like that's the headline right but like hopefully this kid gets the help that he needs no definitely but i want to say one more thing about it with the catfishing you saw the text messages right oh yeah how obvious, I mean, this guy, the guy that was acting as Seth Rollins, no offense to anybody, but he sounds like he comes from somewhere like around, you know, Southeast Asia, like say India or something like that, because his grammar and his spelling was pretty bad. Do you well, know what I'm saying? As Stevie Richards would tell you, that's just CTE. It could have been, could have very well been. And what's with Seth Rollins and fans? I mean, the fans are always attacking him, dude. That's well, three times now. I mean... I mean, I don't blame him in many ways. When but your you wife calls saying. herself the man, that makes you the bitch. And that means that the fans are coming after you, Seth. I mean, like, that's just the reality of the oh, situation. Maybe we can get that on a T-shirt. The bitch, Seth Rollins. The, he's done, man. That's it. The bitch, I mean, Seth Rollins. He's destroyed. But yeah, that she shouldn't Would it be happen, the bitch Seth Rollins or Seth <laughs> the bitch Rollins? Which one looks better on a t-shirt? Oh, I'll take Seth the bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give me Seth the bitch. <laughs> bitch it it down. Your bitch. Yeah. You're my bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely Seth the bitch Rollins goes way better, man. That's great, actually. I, I want a t-shirt now. And that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. <laughs> Thanks for watching and or listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit us over at, at Mark Media, at markmedia.com. Just search Hitting the Marks at Mark Media or the blow off on your favorite podcast listening device. They all should get you exactly where you're trying to go. You can also hit me at michaeljargo.com, at notjargo on social media. And, of course, an all-new episode of Destino, supposedly being recorded tomorrow as I'm, I'm trying to correlate schedules between an individual in Los Angeles and an individual in the United Kingdom and myself. So finding an exact time is proving to be a little bit difficult. Jimmy T, the man from the PWC, the man down under, the COVID kid. <laughs> what do you got to plug this week here on the blow off? Well, after that sort of ending, I didn't even want to plug anything after that. That was that good. But you can uh, you can find me at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com for all our shows, including yours, Jugger, the Destino. Hopefully the newest episode's coming out tomorrow. You'll find Hopefully. it there. And also here at markmedia.com and on the Hamin Media group, I mean, .podbean.com, is that how you say it? So, uh, yeah, man. And you can find me at DJ Mass Effects and also at PWC Network on Twitter. Wherever. And also all our shows are everywhere, too. We're everywhere. We're like a, a crazy group of fans just stalking Seth the Bitch Rollins. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week for an all-new episode of The Blow-Off. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. See ya.